And hello and welcome to the Weatherman Report. I am the Weatherman himself, Brick Myers. And thank you for joining me for my podcast. And today we're going to be going through the top five. That's right, I said top five power forwards. This is what the people wanted. They wanted my top five list all time for each position. Each day we're going to go through five of each position. And today it's going to be the power forwards. And we're going to start off with a honorable mention. And that honorable mention will be Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit played for the Atlanta Hawks back in the 60s, 70s. And I'll tell you something, one heck of a player, one of the very few people that could beat Bill Russell, and just was one of the most elite players and kind of the pioneers of the game of basketball. He's very underrated. Um, you know, not very many people talk about Bob Pettit, but he was, you know, once again, one of the only people that could really beat Will and Bill Russell, and so he's something special, but he just doesn't notch my top five, as my top five is right now, got my five, he's a Boston Celtic, people, he's a Boston Celtic, and he is six foot, 10, 11, right around, and he's the man, the myth, the worm. The black hole, the Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale, in my opinion, playing for those Boston Celtics teams. He played, he could start, he could play the six-man role. He was just something that was just completely different than what the NBA has seen. Because he didn't really beat people with his crazy size or, you know, just athletic athleticism. He beat people with his craftiness. I mean, he's a two-time six-man six winner. He's a seven-time All-Star Hall of Famer, three-time NBA champ. This dude was just everything you wanted. This guy was so crafty in the post that no defender knew what he was going to throw up there. I mean, he shot the over 55% from the field through his throughout his career. And yes, he only averaged a little under 18 points per game, but you got to put into effect that he did play off the six man for kind of towards the later part of his career but what a terrific player he is and I truly think that he is so undervalued and I feel like he really changed that center that that power forward spot because you know I feel like a lot of power forwards are really athletic Kevin McHale beat everyone else with his craftiness, not with his athleticism. And that's something that's so fun to watch. If you watch any of his, like, spin moves or he's able to finish with both hands, you know, just things that's just very underappreciated in the NBA today. So Kevin McHale, he's my number five. And my number four, we're going to get in a little controversial territory here. And that is... The German, the seven-footer, the Maverick, the most one of the most loyal players in NBA history, the tall baller, Dirk Nowinski. Dirk was the pioneer of 
center or centers power forward stretching out the floor with the, the jump shots. As Dirk Nowitzki, I think, has one of the top three most unguardable moves in NBA history with that one-legged step back. Like, how are you going to guard that, man? Like, dude, seven foot, shoots the ball well above his head. He's just so smooth. Dirk Nowitzki, golly, man. He just retired, you know. And it's just so sad to see they retired, like, last year or whatever it was. And, you know, him and Dwayne Wade went out the same year. And they both deserved all the closing ceremonies that they got because Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki were two just phenomenal players, two two of the best of their prior positions. And, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, I think, if it wasn't for him, I think that the NBA would be at a, a different slope with big men, in my opinion. Because Dirk Nowitzki, I think, really pioneered that seven-footer being able to step back, hit mid-range, hit threes, and just be a threat everywhere he steps on the floor. And, you know, you just didn't really see that much until Dirk Nowinski came in the league and did that. And, of course, you know, people might say that, you know, all the international guys were like that anyways. But I think Dirk was just different because Dirk was just so smooth with it too. Like, Dirk could score in so many ways shooting the basketball. And, you know... He's a he's an MVP though, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the dude won two thousand six, two thousand seven MVP. He won a championship against LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in the Miami Heat, and which is why I do not think LeBron James is the greatest player ever. I don't care what, and I hate having these arguments because it's all era based. I don't really give a care. But I just don't see how Dirk does not get more credit for beating LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and that dominant Miami Heat team. And yes, the Miami Heat team did not have that much experience yet. Dwayne Wade was the only one that really had any playoff experience. But, like, come on. LeBron's supposed to be best player in the NBA. And he got outplayed, not just by Dirk. That'd be one thing if it was by Dirk, okay? But he got outplayed by Jason freaking Terry. A sixth man throughout his whole career on the Dallas Mavericks. Was outplaying LeBron in an NBA Finals series. I'm sorry, but that is just inexcusable. But Dirk... He's my number four because I just think that he just pioneered that sh- big man shooters. And, you know, he's a 14-time All-Star. He's a 12-time All-NBA. You know what? That just speaks for him for itself right there, man. I mean, I think that he might have deserved maybe one or two maybe one or two more MVPs, if we're being honest. The year, one of the years Steve Nash won it, you could argue that both years Steve Nash won it. That Dirk deserved it. Everyone tries saying that they snatched it away from Kobe. But, I mean, Dirk had just as good of seasons. I mean, Dirk was so phenomenal throughout his career. I mean, the dude averaged over 20 points a game his whole career. And he's in the top in scoring all time. I mean, Dirk is on just 
I just think he's so underrated, and I think that he deserves so much more than what people give him. Like, I don't think many people have him as, you know, a top player. I don't even think many people have him as their top 20 all time. And I just think it's dis- disrespectful because, man, Dirk Dovinsky was just, he's a bad man. Quote to Stephen A. Smith, he's a bad man. Because Dirk Nowinski, man, just for so many years, was so dominant. And you know what? It did take him a while to win that championship. And he did choke in the the year that, you know, they had the best record with the year he won the MVP. They did choke against the eight-seeded Golden State Warriors, the We Believe team. And he did choke against the Miami Heat in 2006, the year before that. But you know what? Dirk was just something special. I mean, the dude is sixth in scoring all time. He really was something special, okay? I don't want anyone to try and take any credibility away from Dirk Nowinski because that dude is a bad man. He is a bad, bad man. And Dirk Nowinski deserves all the love that he gets, deserves it. So, Dirk Nowinski, my number four. And once again, we're going to get into controversial territory. But in my opinion, I'm doing just all around, okay? This is just all around what he, how he affected teams. And that is my personal favorite player growing up as a kid. And I know I might have some, you know, a fanboy type approach. Might be a little biased. But Kevin Garnett, the big ticket. Oh, man. I just loved watching him play. Talk about a man that was just put his heart into every single game he played. The 6'11 man came right out of high school, you know, didn't really know. What you were going to get out of him with the Minnesota Timberwolves taking him. And, you know, turned the Timberwolves franchise completely around. Made him actually a playoff contender. You know, actually got people wanting to watch Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. I mean, this he was just something different. I mean, Kevin Garnett was just something different, man. Because defensively, this dude shut down people defensively. I mean, he was just such a vocal leader. And not to mention, not to mention that he was also one of the top five best trash talkers in NBA history. I mean, this dude was just a bad man, dude. Like, oh, man, I would hate to play against him because this dude just attacks everything about you, man. And that's what Kevin Garnett was. And Kevin Garnett was one heck of a scorer, too. I mean, he's 18th. On the all-time points leaders. I mean, no, he's not as high up as Dirk. But, in my opinion, I think Kevin Garnett did more defensively than Dirk did, obviously. Because Kevin Garnett was just something special defensively. Like, some some people make that argument that he is the best power forward to play. I don't want to make that argument because I'm going to sound crazy if I make that argument. 
I mean, you can make the argument that he didn't deserve being the top five, but I make that argument because this dude was a 15-time All-Star, a 12-time All-Defensive player, and nine-time All-NBA, and he won a championship with the Boston Celtics in 2008. Wow, that was a fun season to watch. And, you know, once again, he came in as a as a as a coming straight out of high school. Apologies, came straight out of high school. Got was all rookie, changed Minnesota Timberwolves franchise around. It's just the Minnesota Timberwolves did not know how to utilize him and give him players to play around. And I feel like that same way about like Tracy McGrady when he everywhere Tracy McGrady went. Just did not get the GM's work of getting players around him. And we saw what Kevin Garnett did when he got some players around him. He won a championship in, in Boston. And, you know, it's just tough to see because it's... He was just such a phenomenal player throughout his whole career. I mean, even at the latter end of his career, he was still so good. I mean, the dude was a... MVP in 2003-2004 MVP season and he just put out outrageous numbers that season and you know what yes his career averages are not nothing that's going to blow you away he's averaged a little under 18 points, 10 boards almost 4 assists shot just under 50% but I'll tell you something he did so much more defensively than almost anybody else on this list. Because Kevin Garnett was just a stopper. That's what he was. He was the anchor of every single team he played on. He was the heart and soul of the team. If you had Kevin Garnett on your team, you had a chance to win games. Because guess what? This dude was going to put out his heart and soul into every single performance he gives. And that's why Kevin Garnett is my number three. And now we're going to get into my number two. And once again, not a guy not very people talk about. But I don't know. I mean, probably just because he's kind of not. He's probably not the greatest dude in the world. As an actual person. Not really people like him as a person. But Carl Malone. The mailman. Dude that had shoulders that were bigger than freaking mountains. I mean, this dude was is he mean second in all time scoring behind Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I mean, looks like LeBron will pass him probably within the next year. But I mean, Carl Malone. He why do they call him the mailman? Because he delivered. He delivered, man. This dude played 1,476 games and averaged 25 and 10 for his career. Put up efficient numbers of 51% field goal percentage and shot about 74% from the free throw line. But Carl Malone, man, the if he didn't play against Jordan, we'd probably say he'd have a championship, man. But let's face it. Michael Jordan, if you played in the 90s, you did not win championships because Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan was playing on those Bulls teams, you weren't winning championships, man. 
But, you know, he's a 14-time All-Star. He's four-time All-Defensive. But he's a two-time MVP in the 14-time All-NBA. And Carl Malone was... The reason why I say he's not the greatest dude in the world is because, you know, if you look at his backstory, you know, he's kind of not a good dude. He really isn't. I mean, Carl Malone... Got a 13-year-old pregnant when he was 19. And then just didn't do anything for the family that he just, like, ruined the girl's life. And then, you know, yes, he's a good father to his, like, kids that he that he had after that. But then that one kid, just he completely cut off and said, I don't own that. That's not my kid. That, I, no. That's a scummy thing to do. And I don't like to get in people's personal life like that, but that's a scummy thing to do. But off the court, Carl Malone, not a top five guy. But on the court, give me him every single time and we're winning a lot of games. That's how Carl Malone is. I mean, he's the deliverer, man. He, he He's the mailman. Like he, he delivered when he needed to. And, you know, and he wasn't able to win that championship when he was part of the Lakers. Both him and Gary Payton both were on those, went on those Lakers teams hoping to just kind of ride the wave and win a championship. Too bad they ran to the Detroit Pistons and got that taken right off the shelf. So, but Carl Malone, though, you know what? If he didn't play against, I'm telling you, if he didn't play against MJ... You know, you'd probably be talking about Carl Malone having about two championships, I think. But, you know, that takes away so much credibility because Dirk has a championship. Kevin Garnett has a championship. Kevin McHale has a championship. Bob Pettit has a championship. And my number one has five championships. Hint, 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 if you don't know yet. But, is Carl Malone was one of the most dominant players of the 90s. Not very many people talk about him. Don't know why. I think maybe because he didn't win any rings. Maybe because he's not a good dude. Nobody really likes him. I don't know. But he is number two in all-time scoring. So he's got to be in your top five list if he's all-time scoring. So Carl Malone, he is my number two mainly because of the scoring. So, Carl Malone, you are my number two. And now going to my number one. And I really don't think there's any, there's really no argument about this one. I know some people will make this argument. But how do you not say that the, that the big fundamental is not number one, man? This dude is just the, one of the best team players in NBA history. And was it because he played in a system that really helped him? Sure. I, every player is a system player. I, I hate that argument because guess what? what? You're not supposed to play in the system that your coach tells you to put in? Like, I don't get, you're not, you know, you get put with whatever coach you get put with. If he's a great coach, then you're lucky. If he's not, then oh, oh well. And Tim Duncan was blessed to be coached by Coach Pop for his whole career. 
And let's face it, Coach Pop's one of the top three best coaches in NBA history. But Tim Duncan, though, he gave up scoring. He was he was scoring. He could score whenever he wanted. But he figured out that just like how Wilt Chamberlain did. Like, Wilt Chamberlain figured out that him averaging 50-something points a game was not how he was going to win championships. He found out that he was going to have to pass the ball a lot more to win championships. And he did that, and he won two championships. Tim Duncan, kid in the NBA, he was one of the best scorers in the NBA, found out, you know what, I can't be doing this. I need to be more of a team guy. I need to give up stuff because he played with multiple All-Stars. He played with Tony Parker, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Manu Ginobili is going to be a Hall of Famer. He played with other terrific role players in Sean Elliott and Avery Johnson. And, I mean, he played with Kawhi Leonard at the latter end of his career to win another championship. And, you know, just played with such... Bruce Bowen. I mean, he just played with so many just spawn, just spectacular role players. But the reason why I have him as number one, if I have to make this argument, really. I mean, he won five championships. He won five championships in different, like, in different centuries. He won, sorry, different decades, not centuries. My apologies on that. Because he won in... The 90s, they won in 2000s, and then he won in 2010, the 2010s. And you know what? He was able to get revenge on LeBron and D. Wade and the Heat after they upset them. After, you know, we could be saying Tim Duncan didn't have six championships, was it for Ray Allen's beautiful three pointer in the corner? And that's why Ray Allen, I mean, he's, Ray Allen's just something different. As Ray Allen hit one of the clutchest shots in NBA history to keep them alive in the playoffs, in the finals. But Tim Duncan, though, he's also a 15-time All-NBA. He's a 15-time All-Star, a 15-time All-Defensive team. He is a three-time Finals MVP and a two-times MVP. Regular season MVP. He is something different, man. Tim Duncan, the big fundamental, gave up all his, a lot of his scoring to provide wins for the San Antonio Spurs. And that's why I have him above these other guys because I truly think that he, he could have put up better numbers. But would he have five championships? I don't know. We don't know. We don't. I don't think so. And it's just terrific to see that Tim Duncan was just able to really use that that aura around him of just goodness and just you know I'm ready to play every single play and you know he never complained like how how we see Kawhi how he's like a robot that's exactly how Tim Duncan is and you just it's just refreshing to see someone not complaining. Like, they don't complain about every single call or, you know, like, that things aren't going their way. I just hate, that's a, what I just despise about today's basketball. Just 
everyone complains about everything. Everyone cusses out the refs. Everyone's like, oh, woe is me. And I'm just thinking in my head, go play basketball, man. Like, is the ref going to give you every call? No. Like, is he going to miss stuff? Yes. Just play basketball. If it's really that much of a problem, then tell them, but talk to them. Don't be whimpering to them. Because guess what? If I was a ref, I wouldn't want to listen to you anymore. But Tim Duncan and Kawhi and like a lot of these San Antonio Spurs just know how to do it differently. They let Pop get the technical fouls. They don't let the players get the technical fouls. That is what the coach is there for. The coach is there for you, for the players. To teach them and to be there for them and to keep them safe. That is what the coaches are there for. The coaches will get the tees. The players play. Coaches coach. Players play. Referees ref. That is how the game is played. Sorry, but facts are facts. But yes, Tim Duncan is my number one. Mainly because of also how just phenomenal of a defensive player he really was. Him and Kevin Garnett, that's the reason why I kind of go both ways on on that one. Because I truly think that both players were just built differently defensively. And, you know, that everyone makes that argument that the San Antonio Spurs, oh, they have Pop. Oh, they have, you know, Tony Parker. Oh, they have Manager Nobly. But Tim Duncan's fifth in blocks all time. I mean, the dude has over 3,000 blocks in his career. I mean, he was something special. He was something truly special, man. And, you know, we're just seeing... We gotta see a legend play the his last season a couple years ago and he's good and he just made the hall of fame actually too. him kevin garnett and kobe rest in peace kobe bryant they all just made the nba this year and not not another three deserve it more because those three were something special and they were truly the pioneers of what the nba is today because Kobe was a black mamba, Kevin Garnett was a big ticket, and Tim Duncan was the big fundamental. So that is my top five power forwards. If you want to DM me how you feel about them or whatever, my socials or my Insta is Burke underscore Myers. Uh, I have the Weatherman Report Instagram. My Snapchat is the underscore Weatherman44. And if you want to just hit me up on any of the socials, I'm always available. If you want to ask me questions, always listening to questions that you want me to talk about, um, answers you want, whatever, just hit me up on the socials. And yeah, so that's pretty much it. I want everyone to have a wonderful rest of your night and I want you to truly be positive and love somebody, okay? Tell someone you love them. Once again, always try to spread positivity. 
And we're going to close it out. As once again, I am Brick Myers here. The Weatherman with the Weatherman Report. Signing off. Time.